o'clock on Wednesday, and you know what that means. You're listening to the Hardwood Hoop here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jake Gonzalez. Take back and relax the next hour as we talk all things basketball surrounding the Plains and the SEC. Keep that dollar right here, and let's get on with the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's edition of the Hardwood Hoop. I'm your host, Jake Gonzalez. Today, I'm joined by three wonderful guests. We'll start with Daniel Locke over here to my left, Mr. Harrison Tarr in the middle, and Dylan Lark on my far right. I'm surprised I got the names right today because, well, let me say Daniel Locke and Dylan Lark are very similar and very hard to say back-to-back, and I'm surprised I did it. So how are you guys doing today? Doing well, man. Thanks for having us on. Of course, of course. So today, we've got a lot in store. Uh, we're obviously college basketball for the most part is over with and finished. There's some uh, transfer news and teams kind of moving around, but for the most part, it's NBA playoff time, and that's really what basketball is all about. Because well, this is when basketball becomes fun in the NBA specifically, because who doesn't love good playoff basketball? Oh, dude, love playoff basketball. About time to go watch some playoff basketball, actually, kind of. Yeah, and just a few hours. We might be watching some playoff basketball in person. I may or may not be looking at the MARTA schedule right now. We've got a nice 504 train <laughs> at College Park heading to that we can make going to uh, this Georgia World Congress Center, boys. We're in good shape. Let's go. That's what it's all a whopping about. $2.50. Can't wait to hopefully get to ride the MARTA for the first time. You're going to get to ride the MARTA. There's no hope. Like, yeah, yes. you're riding the MARTA for the first time. That's, that's not a question. <laughs> Can't wait. The MARTA is, well, it's something else. You know what? I don't know why people hate on it so much. It's actually very convenient. So It is convenient. Don't get me wrong. I've rode it more times than I'd like to admit. And we get to ride a train, bro. Trains are cool. A little choo-choo action, you know? Yes. Yes. A 30-minute train ride? I'm in, bro. Sold. Down. Sold. So down. That's what it's all trains about. Trains and play- kind of playoff basketball. Trains and, like, relatively playoff basketball. Like, basically playoff basketball. This is this is a winner-go-home game, so, tonight, between the Hawks and the Hornets. Um, that's what we've been alluding to all night. Sort of win and go in, go or go home. That's what, no, that's what it is. The Hornets, I mean, they have to play a, lo- a loser's bracket game, no? No, the loser of the game, loser of this game is out of the, out of the oh. playoffs. Because it's the 9-10 to 10 seed. Okay. So it's a win, it, win, it, win or go home for this one. So this is, this is true playoff basketball. This is game seven for them. This is, yeah, game one and seven at the same time. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure we'll talk about <laughs> it later. I'm really excited. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to go and talk just about the playoffs in general for probably the first block, uh, a little bit of the first two games that we had tonight, some of the games that we had last night, um, and then obviously talking about some of the teams that missed the playoffs, like uh, one certain team out of Los Angeles, which is... Not the Clippers, bro. It's not the Clippers. Clippers are nasty. But uh, the other team that lives in Los Angeles, and let me tell you, I can't tell you how happy I am to hear that, that uh, a certain team did not make the playoffs. So let's talk about the games last night. So last night, the first round of the play playing games uh, started. So... Once again, the play-in games is a kind of a new format. It's the second year of it. Uh, the playoff is really just starting, and it's kind of what gets you into it. It kind of, I think it's more fun. What do you think about the play-in games? I kind of like it, honestly. I like it. I, I, I think I, I kind of hate it, but you know what? I'm excited to go to a game. So. Why do you hate it? I, I mean, I kind of liked it better when one through eight made it, and we just kind of played by the teams that actually earned their way in during the regular season because now we've got. You know the Brooklyn Nets probably gonna get swept by the Boston Celtics. Yes, sir. I just I I don't know, man. It's it's fine. Like I'm all you know what? Changing my mind. I'm all for more basketball. That's so, what it's what? all about. That's fine. I'm I'm for more basketball. Well, it gives us teams because you always had the eight that earned it. There's always that ninth team that always has their. Yeah, but does that ten it. team really deserve to be there? Well, the it, ten it, teams it gets, to round it out a little it gets bit. Saturated, yeah. It gets saturated. Yeah. I mean, now like well, there's what deep. thirty teams in the NBA. 32, yeah, 30, 30. Team, uh, 30 teams in the NBA, so like only 10 teams don't make the playoffs. So actually, yeah, counterpoint, it's more fun because now you can shame the teams that don't make the playoffs. Exactly. Play. But that's the thing. Like like one of the teams that we were just mentioning, that one Los Angeles team that didn't make it. Um, but I, I think it's more fun just because it's there's a lot of teams, especially on that borderline in that 8-9 to nine seed and 10 seed kind of region, where it makes it a little more interesting in terms of those last few games of the season. It kind of adds some more hype to that, I guess. Some pizzazz. Yeah, some some jazz hands. <laughs> jazz hands. <laughs> I don't know. So, something special to it that, that makes it a little bit different. It makes those games actually matter more. I think it would be cool if there was a format, and there's not, but it would be cool if there was a format where we could have both of the play-in games on both sides of the bracket. It'd be win or go home. Make it higher, higher stakes. Because now, like, Cleveland's going to get to play and probably beat the winner of Atlanta-Charlotte. And, yeah. I mean, the Clippers are probably going to beat the winner of New Orleans-San Antonio. So, 
you know, like that's cool and all, but I, I feel like it'd be really neat if we actually had an opportunity where it's just like sudden death, like this game matters so much more than. I mean, yeah, that's that's essentially what the nine to ten seed is because those are the two that were kind of on the the outside of it looking in. While seven eight obviously were in the playoff already, they made the playoffs technically, right? Um, but that nine to ten spot are the ones that are technically fighting it, so that's why that's single elimination for them. I'm kind of surprised. Like when I first heard that they were going to do the play in tournament, I was expecting it to be like one through six were in, and you saw yeah. this kind of like with um, seven eight were kind of like seven, seven eight nine ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, but, which I. Guess that's, that, that's exactly what essentially it, what they did. Okay, yeah. <laughs> let me rephrase what I said. I thought like first four were like solid, then five, six, seven, eight were playing each. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, the last be, four yeah. teams, the last three teams were kind of had like a little but thing. Going. You know what? Yeah. Actually, yeah, I'm, you've sold me. I'm in on more basketball. So I mean, that's what it's all about. I, I think the playing games, especially last year, they're a lot of fun. I think this year, all most of the teams that were in that kind of play-in region, all deserve to be there and For have the a most sh- part have a shot to play into it, with the exception of New Orleans. Yeah, but. You know that's saying something. The West is so but, bad. But but the East is was stacked this year from top to bottom. I can't. I I know at one point it was like an, like a four or five game difference from like second to eighth or ninth. And didn't the Magic like just fall short too? Yes. Like they like almost could have made this playing tournament if they won exactly. a couple games at the end of the year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sold. I'm in. Who would have like, thought, thought the Nets were going to be in the playing tournament with at the well, beginning I mean, of season three superstars? You had to think the fact that um, James or Kevin Durant was hurt for most of the season. Kyrie Irving couldn't play at home. James Harden so it's half the bad. games. James Harden just wasn't good. Now when they traded for Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons still hasn't played at all this season. So, I mean, like, they've been playing with, like, one of their stars and then just the rest of their conglomeration of a team because yeah. well, there's not much there outside of them. But can, is it too soon to call the Brooklyn Nets an abysmal failure this year? Like, I, I think that they were a tremendous I, yes. failure. I, I, think it's the, I think they're a failure because of the circumstances in yeah. which they had to play. If Obviously, if they have Kyrie full-time, if they have James Harden, obviously playing well, and Kevin Durant not hurt for three quarters of the season, this team is in a lot better situation than what they're in. Yeah, uh, it's that's that team's just so perplexing to me because at the beginning of this year, when I looked at that roster, I was like, man, like I don't know if they're gonna win the East, but I think they should be in serious contention yeah, they, for a top three seed. And now, like they're barely in the playoffs. Yeah, they should. I mean, I, once again, I think it's majority of that circumstance. I think the worst thing that this Nets team did was trade for James Harden in the first place. I would agree, but still, I mean, it's it, it was hard to watch this year. I mean, yeah. it, you you begin to wonder is like, is it time to blow it up yet? Like, if you get swept by the Celtics, like, do you have to reevaluate? I, if you right if now? you get swept by the Celtics with the which people you I have think is team. a real pop possibility. Like, the, there's nobody playing better basketball than the Boston Celtics right nope. now. No, that's true. They are one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Uh, they are they're still formidable, even though Robert, uh, what's his, Robert, Robert Williams. Williams? Yeah, he's hurt. Um, he's hurt till the second round, right? Yeah. So theoretically, you could get him back, and mm-hmm. I mean, I I would think Boston could take care of Brooklyn in five games, right? It's a five game series. Yeah. I I think they went the right three out of five. I think it's not a problem. Yeah, that that's one of the things I love about NBA is they kind of like stagger their series. It's not like just games seven games right off the bat and yeah. extend it so long. I think that makes it a little bit more fun. Kind of puts more pressure on each individual game. Makes, yeah, makes games more valuable. Yeah. But I'm all for like a seven-game series for the conference and you know, NBA championship. But. Yeah. So uh, last night, if you didn't get a chance to watch the games, uh, the first round of playing games, the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets took on the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Nets won 115-108. to 108. The Cavs are not eliminated yet because that was a 7-8 game. So they still have a chance to beat either the Hawks or the Hornets, whoever wins that game, and they can still move on to the first round of the playoffs. That might be the most exciting play, like play-in game. Yeah, as Cleveland, whoever wins tonight, um, it, like like I said, most of, like the Nets Cav game last night was so good, despite you know Cleveland Brooklyn winning by almost ten. Yeah, it was still a really good game from start to finish. Cleveland Atlanta should have some Auburn interest there. Uh, Atlanta Charlotte has some Auburn interest yeah. there. So. There's Auburn interest pretty much in in both games tonight. So so exciting stuff. Well, it's a little teaser for later in the show. We have a little segment dedicated just to that. Okay, and we get um, to watch Jose Alvarado play basketball tonight, and that is a gift to humanity. I love that guy. <laughs> We also get to watch Lamelo Ball then. I mean, I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about like like the general population. Yeah, like, we will not be watching Lamelo uh, Jose Alvarado play basketball tonight. We will be watching uh, Lamelo and Trey Young and Sharif Cooper perhaps deal it out. Perhaps duel it out. That's the word I'm looking for. Trey Young and Lamelo Ball going toe to toe is just that's electric. So fun. Yeah, like I'm so excited. 
Yeah, and then the other game from the night was the other 7-8 game that was from the Western Conference between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Clippers, where the Timberwolves came out 109-104. So Timberwolves are moving on to the playoffs. They're already in the first round. Clippers have to beat either the winner of the Spurs and the Pelicans. The Clippers are going to play the Suns. Like, that's probably yeah. going to happen. Like, And that's, that's still going to be a good game no matter, like, if even if the Clippers make it there. Whoever plays the Suns is going to be good. Question about the Pelicans, since we're talking about the Pelicans. Like, when do you blow it up? I, mean, I, I know that we're talking on both sides of the. I mentioned the, the Nets on one side, but like, when do you blow it up for the Pelicans? For the Pelicans, yeah. I mean, like, when do you get rid of the, Zion? Zion Williams. This off season. I I mean, it's two years into his rookie seat, rookie year, or he's in his second season, sophomore season. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, but it's not working. Well, he hasn't played yet. He didn't play at all this season. I know, you can't I know. Really say that it's not working. No, I'm saying like the whole New Orleans like approach to this is just not good. Like this seems it's just not. bad. It's 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 they made the playoffs, ish. Kinda. They're gonna be a one and done in the play-in tournament. But. More than likely. But I mean, unless they're just not, and they prove me wrong. I mean, I guess I would be surprised. I mean, San Antonio, I think is gonna be just with Popovich. His I, I yeah, history. I just never bet against Pop in the playoffs, bro. That's just hard to do. All right, let's talk about the last four minutes. How how much uh, LeBron James and the Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers stink. They reek, bro. It's bad. I this team impresses me every week. Actually, like, <laughs> how bad they can possibly. I mean, be. and he's officially shut down, right? Yeah. So. I mean, they're they're out of the playoffs. They're not in. So I mean, it doesn't matter. I've never seen a team that that missed the playoffs get more attention than teams that make the playoffs. Okay, right. that's well. It's because of who's on this team. If you put, if you take this team back five years, this is like a like a star studded all star like caliber roster. It still is. It still is today because you have LeBron and you have AD. You have Carmelo. I would like to counter your point about this, though, about teams getting coverage when they when they miss the playoffs. You're looking at the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, the yeah. it, I'm, I'm they sorry. They are like the premier. I'm about to say, I'm sorry for anyone who – I know we got you know Celtics fans sitting in here, and I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm a Hawks fan. You're a Thunder fan. But the lot, when you think of professional basketball, you think of the, the Bulls in the 90s, and you think of the Los Angeles Lakers. And then the Boston Celtics, those you throw them in that in the mix. Yeah. But they're one of the premier names. Like they're going to continue to get coverage. When the Yankees miss the playoffs and 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 baseball, they still get coverage because they're the New York Yankees. Yeah. And it's because whether or not they're going to destroy the team and rebuild it or fire their manager, like how the Lakers did fire uh, fired Frank Vogel, which who won them a uh, obviously a Mickey Mouse ring in 2020. Um, <laughs> I will Mouse say that to this day. Um, that that is not a real championship. The Lakers stink. I don't like the Lakers at all. LeBron James is washed. I'm just going to go on a rant now about I, this, I guess. I, I actually, hmm. ca- counterpoint, I think basketball is more fun when the Lakers are good. Mm. I know. Lovable or a hateable enemy kind of thing? Yeah, lo- lovable enemy, I think is what lovable. you're saying. Like, I, 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 I hate them. Yeah. I, I do not like the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, I, I can't say I wouldn't say they're a lovable enemy. But They're I, a very I, hateable enemy. I can't even say that I hate the Los Angeles Lakers. I, I, I As someone that objectively does not care about the NBA as a whole – and watches basketball to be entertained. Like it is more fun when the Los Angeles Lakers are good. It's more fun when the Boston Celtics are good. It's it's more fun when the Bulls. Are, it's been fun this year because the Bulls are good and the Heat. Yeah. The Heat being back at the top of the basketball world. It was really fun when they were there with LeBron and the Big Three. Like it's fun when these teams are good. I know that people get tired and want to mix up, but like it is. We have a good balance, I think now. Like Milwaukee's a, a perennial powerhouse. Uh, what John Morant's doing in Memphis is just nothing short of incredible. Tell, tell me, basketball is not more fun when like Memphis is good though. Oh, it is. Like, no. throw, throw it back to, like, the Zach Randolph days. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, that team was nasty. That team was so much fun to watch. I, but, and like, in my opinion, too, and I know people are sick and tired of hearing this, but when Golden State's really, really good and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are hitting threes from the parking lot, basketball is more fun. It like, is. I, I, I enjoy it when, when, we, when we have these teams that are storied programs. And I know we get tired of it. I don't want them to be the champions every year. That's not what I'm asking. Well, yes, for. I'm saying we don't we don't want that stretch where we had like the Warriors and Cavs for four or five years. And the Celtics finals. Lakers. Yeah. Um but also it's really fun because then even if the teams those teams are not as good as they've been in years past, it still feels like someone slayed a giant. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, and it's really fun when they're in. I, I, I agree with a lot of that. I just I don't I just know how anybody likes the Lakers. Like the Lakers are just one of those like teams that like it's Whoa. kind of for real for me, you know. Yankees fans and Alabama football fans. That's Yankees what I'm saying. It's kind of like it's kind of like the New York Yankees for me. So it's like because well, if you don't know, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. Yes, sir. So I just absolutely despise the Yankees. The Lakers are basically the Yankees of the NBA. They are. 
and that's just what makes me hate them so much. And, the, and I mean, Yankee, when you, it's it's like one of those historic programs in all sports: Yankees, Cowboys, Lakers. I mean, you look you look around. I mean, I'm a fan of the Penguins and the NHL, yeah. so I can't say anything. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? It, there is a, an extent where it's fun when they're in the dance, and more fun when they lose yeah. in the dance. That, because that's it the feels best like part. Slate a giant, even if they're the eight seed. You know what I mean? That's that's the best part is when they lose more specifically, because that makes everybody happy. It's like when Alabama football loses in the playoffs or whatever, or loses in the regular season. Everybody enjoys that. It's just like a higher seed could be like they could be the lower seed. Yeah, and it still feels like David Goliath. Exactly, which is fun. Yeah. All right, we're gonna step away for a quick two minute PSA break, so we'll see you guys right here on the other side of that. Stay tuned. Hello, hello, hello. You're listening to the Hardwood Hoop right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jake Gonzalez, and today I'm joined by Daniel Locke, Harrison Tarr, Dylan Lark, and a special guest, our advisor here, Billy Ferris. Say hello, everybody, Billy. Hey, what's going on out there, Weagleverse? <laughs> <laughs> That's the greatest opening line I've heard about it. Uh, well, back to Colin's, like, hey, back in the day. Colin Where's the Myers, hey. Oh, it's like my favorite opening of anything was Kenny Mayne on Sports Center. He said, "Hello and welcome to the show. TV Guide is calling Sports Center," <laughs> and I thought that was the greatest thing I'd ever heard. That's awesome. That's fantastic. All right, this is the second block of our show today, and while we have a special one in, in store for you, we have a little segment coming up that I like to call the Historical Hoopers segment. And if you haven't listened to the show before, basically what we do here is that we break down whether or not a random historical figure would be good at the game of basketball. So for me, I'm a huge sports fan. I love basketball, but I also love history. So it gives me an excuse to just go dive into a random historical figure every week for 30 minutes to an hour just to find all these random little niche details about them. And today we have a special one. It's Charlemagne. So he's uh, one of the emperors of the Holy Roman Empire and known as the father of Europe. Those are kind of his little taglines. So what I'm going to do... Great basketball nickname, potentially. Potentially, yes. Um... What I'm going to do is I'm going to go through like the pros, I'm going to go through the cons, and then we're going to sit around and kind of just discuss whether or not he would be good at basketball. So I'm going to go like one pro, one con, one pro, one con, which I only have two cons today because I really could not find anything about a con for him. Sounds like he's a hooper. Sounds like he's a hooper so far, but we'll get to that point. So his first pro is that uh, from a young age, he received practical training for leadership by participating in the political, social, and military activities associated with his father's court. His father's name was Pippin the Third, and well, if, oh. if you know about Pip, anything about Pippins, they have a historically good basketball name. Uh, obviously, Scottie Pippin, Scottie Pippin Jr. Do we know if Charlemagne went to Vanderbilt? <laughs> <coughs> I don't know. No, that. okay. I don't know. All right. One con is that his father's nickname was the Short. Oh, so that's what I call Tar. Could be an ironic nickname. Oh, that's true. I tried to look up the, the history behind that, and it really just led me into like a, a hole where I could not find anything about it. It really didn't answer my question. Uh, another pro is that Charlemagne was an imposing physical presence, blessed with extraordinary energy, personal courage, and an iron will, which kind of counteracts the, uh, the whole father short thing. Dennis Rodman, anyone? Yes, Dennis Rodman, perhaps. All right, and then kind of lame, I think. <laughs> Dude, I feel like it's gonna I, just get too hot. Yeah, like, you just get too hot and die. Like, but does that mean he gets hot from like the three? Ooh! But look, he couldn't handle the heat, so he died. Okay, sit him out against Miami. Lame joke. I'm sorry. I, I, it's it's a LeBron. <laughs> you know what? You, I respect. You took a shot. It didn't land. Committed <laughs> to it, and I respect it. Yeah. All right. Uh, another one that I have for his pro is that he was adept at establishing friendship. So obviously that means that he can kind of bond with his teammates, make a good teammate culture, build a team around there. Good locker room guy. Yeah, good locker room guy. Uh, another another thing to add onto that, he was a leader capable of making informed decisions, willing to act on those decisions, and skilled at persuading others to follow him. So once again, just a really strong leader. Okay. So that's what I have. Those are my pros and cons for this. Okay. So, so what I'm going to do. Is going to kind of bounce around, and we're going to ask just if you think they're a historical hoop or not. And you can kind of add your own little like tidbits if you find something, if you looked it up, or uh, if you just want to add on to some of the things that I've said as like you know, a little sneaky kind of add on to what it could be. So Dil- or Daniel, I'm going to start with you. You know, I think I'm going to say yes. He sounds like he good leader. Um, I don't really mind the short thing too much. I mean, you can get past that. There are plenty of short ballers, even That's if he true. is short. That's true. And like Billy said, it might be an ironic kind of thing. Um, 
So, yeah, there's that. Plus, you could sit him out against Miami. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> See, that's the key. When you make a bad joke, this is advice live on the air. When you make a bad joke, if you make it twice, it becomes a good joke. Exactly. Okay. All right, I'm going to exactly. have to write that, that down. Write that down. <laughs> write it down. Write it down. The wonderful exactly. advice we get from our, our advisors here. Harrison. Um, keep giving them water. Yep. All right. So he's a ho- he's a hooper in Daniel's book. Yes. All right, Harrison, give me your thoughts. All right, so I'm a huge proponent about how it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. But I don't know enough about You are about a short king. I, I am a short king. Um, I don't know enough about his frame. I don't. And, I couldn't find anything on his and frame. I don't know so. enough about athleticism to put him on the squad. Uh, I think he'd, he'd be really good clearing a, carrying a clipboard, maybe on the coaching staff, um, about you know maybe hyping up the locker room. Good locker room guy, like you said. Yeah. Proven leader. Able to make good decisions, so maybe able to provide some clarity whether or not I should sit someone or if I should play him. Yeah, but uh, I don't think I know enough about him to make him make him a hooper. Could you say that he's a Udonis Haslam? I don't think so. <laughs> Forty-year-old sitting on the bench, just playing three minutes every couple of weeks. I, but you see, I need those three minutes to be productive. Three minutes. That's fair. So it's. I think that I'm gonna have to say for the first time on your show ever. I don't think he's a hooper. All right. All right. Um, being forced to do what I hate to do. All right. And that's agree with Harrison. (laughs) Um, I don't think he's a historical hooper. I think he was probably the last man on the bench on his team. And what I was thinking, even before your pros and cons, and I'm kind of upset you stole my thunder, I was going to say he's the coach. I'm just not sorry. I know you're not. Uh, That just means I've advised you so well, you're in my head before I even get it out there. (sighs) On second thought, he was a hooper. (laughs) That's how you do that. Um, So... I was thinking, like, last man on the bench, but he's, like, the player coach. Useful in practice. Good locker room okay, presence. Right. You know, he's probably the guy who's going to give the, the pointers to the player after he's been coached up a little too hard, gets his feelings hurt. He's going to go, like, build up the other players, give them All the right. tips so they, they hear it in a different way. Transitions to a successful coach. Maybe he's the historical Hooper's head coach. Ooh. We hadn't even thought about that one. Because... A new addition to this segment. I mean, if he can run <laughs> all of the Roman Empire... Well, the, could, the Holy Roman Empire. Not the, the Holy Roman, Roman Empire. There's a difference there. He, he probably can run a basketball team of historical figures. But was he a good basketball player? No. He okay. was not. The Potential end. GM forces way into trades that people don't understand that he's committing robbery on. What's the, what's the He self- could have trouble making trades, though, because the, you have to get the other person to agree. Mm. He, he was good at persuading other people persuade to follow him. So Okay, true, true. Who's the who's the Celtics GM? Which, I forget his name. All the more reasons. Stevens. Oh no! But who was it before? Uh, um, Danny Ainge. Yeah, Danny Ainge. He was always like the guy that would always rip people off and trade, and so nobody wanted to trade. All with the him. more reason to say he'd be the good coach. He can persuade people. He can get people on the same page. He can get everyone to follow direction. Would you Would you can say he hit he's the like three you? though? No, I bet he's never hit a three in his life. <laughs> I mean, he was like in the seven hundreds. It wasn't invented when he was alive. That's so what I, I know I'm right. <laughs> Bet my mortgage on that. He's never made a three-point shot in his life. <laughs> yeah, of course. He was like in the 700s, of can course. He, can he dunk? No. We don't know that. If he can't hit a three and he can't dunk, what good is he on the hardwood? <laughs> All right. I guess, a, that makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, much like what Billy said earlier, I painfully agree with everything Bill, that Billy's saying. It, it hurts <laughs> me just as much. I mean, not as much, but almost as much as it hurts him. <laughs> All right. I mean, yeah. that's okay. So we're at we're at two for no, one for yes. All right. So that's, yeah. Y'all yeah, can still make the sweep. You can still make the sweep and still get it right. Yeah, I know y'all two are laughing and giggling about y'all being on the same page, but Dan- I just talk yeah. ball with Billy too much. Yeah. It's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you do that a lot. I can't lie. Yeah. All right, Dylan. Tell me what you think about this. Can I just say, from the paintings of this man, he has a beautiful beard. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm very envious of the beard. And let's not point out, this guy has been a king or emperor for, he was a king or emperor for 46 years of his life. Exactly. Long Man, career. Yeah. Long career. And being a Roman, he's he's definitely fought in wars. He is athletic. Well, I, he's not a Roman. He's he's technically part of the Germanic tribes. But he de- was the, the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, but he did have a lot of history in like wars. combat and stuff like so that. He yeah. can fight. He's yes. athletic. I'm gonna give him the Hooper, and I'm gonna give him a Hooper that can also be a coach because I mean he can he can run a franchise. No, no, no! You gotta commit here. You gotta be one of the other. You have to commit. You can be (laughs) a good player and a good coach, Steve Nash. (laughs) In the world, this is probably not the best time to mention the Steve Nash as a good player and a good coach. 
Yeah, not a great argument. <laughs> Jawan Howard. <laughs> okay. You, you could say Bill Russell, and we let's might leave, agree. With Jawan Howard, let's just go to you, Jake. Let's just since you've gone <laughs> the Jawan Howard. Career. You could Larry have said Bird. you could have said Bill Russell and been like, I would have been like, yes, I agree with that. That's a fair statement. Larry Bird as well. But you chose you chose Jawan Howard and Steve Nash. First one come to mind. We talked about we talked about him yesterday. The side question that you don't have time for now, but for future, you brought up his beard. Best basketball beards because I can only think of James Harden. Mm. That's a good point. That's it for another day. That's next week's a, man, episode. That's <laughs> Bosch. Yes. That's called a tease in the business. That's that's what will might be on next week's episode of the Hardwood Hoop. <laughs> so Dylan, is he a hooper? Yes or no? Yes. No. <laughs> I, I hate that my opinion got hated on by Tar for no reason. Tar hates on everyone's opinion. That is not true. It's he didn't hate on mine. He thought mine was uh, well said. Never mind. I hate everybody's opinion. <laughs> exactly. There we go. Right back to there. All right. I don't agree with Dylan too often. The the Dylan and Daniel agreeing? Who would have thought? I didn't mess that up. I almost did. It's a tongue twister. Leave it really is. <laughs> Y'all just can't read. Dylan. Lark. I don't read. I'm sorry. Dylan Lark, Daniel Lark. See, I messed it up. Yeah, they're too close. You guys aren't allowed on the same show anymore. Like, try and try and say Dylan, Dylan Lark and Daniel Locke. Dylan Lark, Daniel Locke. All right, you got it that time. It, it takes a lot to think about it and do it. I can't lie. All right, was he a Hooper, Jake? Yeah, this is, I know my opinion is the one everyone cares about here in this situation. Um, Most so, definitely. <laughs> I <laughs> am, I'm gonna have to say that he is a Hooper. Oh, but he's gonna he's like I said, like Daniel, uh, Daniel. I did it again. Dylan, thank you for throwing a pin at me. It's the second day in a row I've had a pin thrown at me. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, like uh, Dylan said, kind of hitting on that player-coach thing. I'm thinking of Bill Russell here. This is the guy I'm thinking of. He's got an, um, an imposing physical presence, which means that he's probably going to be large. He's going to be a big body in the paint. But guess what? He's also got the iron whistle. so he can play like Dennis Rodman. He's not going to let his team lose. He's going to do whatever it takes to win. He's going to get his teammates on the same page as him. Everyone's going to be working together to make it happen. He's going to be the better version of LeBron James is what I'm going to say oh here. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Jake, I'll need to see you in my office after the show. Yeah. <laughs> you clearly cannot yeah. graduate. You've not learned anything. Yeah, that's true. No, I just wanted to say that because I, I don't think LeBron's a good teammate. I think he makes his teammates worse. Um, that's basically what I'm trying to hint at there. Um, and I think that uh, so Charlemagne... So that's your argument for why Charlemagne would be a no, hooper? No. It's part of let it. Me, let, me, let me compare him to a guy who I think <laughs> makes his team worse. He's going to be great. He's going to be better than He's LeBron. basically Bill Russell. <laughs> He's Bill Russell. He's every superstar you've ever heard of. That's it right there. No, but he, he would have been good. I, I think he would have the skills that it would take. He's, you know, he's been in the military for all his life. He can handle himself. He's athletic. He's got a big big frame. He can move around. He can also get his teammates on the same page. And I think that's a recipe for success. He's never hit a three. I found something on the website. Never uh, Charlemagne was somewhere between 5'10 and 6'4. So if we're on the 6'4 scale. 6'4 scale. Put him at shooting guard. Let him eat. No. Put him on the bench. <laughs> Which is because you don't want him to be a hooter. hooper. In his hand, and a whistle. <laughs> he yell at the referees. Hey, he'd be, be a player coach. He's perfect. He's what you need. Jeez. Hey, Bill Russell won. Bill Russell won rings doing that. So that's all I gotta say. Daniel. We Daniel knows about that. PSA break on that. Yeah, we actually do. <laughs> so we'll see you guys on the other side of the PSA break. Two minute PSA break. Stay right here. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Hardwood Hoop right here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn. I am your host, Jake Gonzalez. And if you just missed the last segment, well, I'm incredibly sorry. Yeah, Because me too. it was fantastic. We discussed whether or not uh, one Charlemagne uh, would have been a good basketball player, would he, if he would have been a historical hooper. And if you missed it, you can uh, find this show on Spotify at the Hardwood Hoop. Absolutely. Not, PSA break free. Yeah. PSA break free. You don't have to hear any of the ads. But you get to listen to all the great stuff that happens, like us discussing whether or not another historical figure would have been good at basketball. Just a little shameless plug for myself right there. Go listen to my show on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever it gets your podcast. If you're so inclined, not a call to action. Yeah. Just, just. We're on public radio. It's yeah. not a call to action. It's not if a call to action. If you're inclined. If you just, like, are browsing, you know, you could just, you could watch it if you, or listen to it if you want to. Yep. Not making you. All right. So what we're going to do in this uh, third block of the show is we're going to talk about some of Auburn basketball transfer news because, well, Auburn Auburn basketball still is, is working in the shadows whether or not they're playing or not. There's still things that are happening. Uh, players, Auburn's looking to pick up players in the transfer portal or more recruits. So we have a few of that. We're also going to talk about some of the Auburn players that are in the NBA playoffs. 
and that's what we're going to start with. We're going to start with the four Auburn players that uh, had made the NBA playoffs. Most all of them had made, obviously, the play-in teams. So we have Isaac Okora with the Cleveland Cavaliers, Jared Harper with the New Orleans Pelicans, JT Thor with the Charlotte Hornets, and Sharif Cooper with the Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks. So what, is this, what does this mean for the Auburn program now that there are four players in the playoffs and you've got five, at least six players that are in the NBA as we speak? Blue blood. <laughs> yeah, blue. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, this is huge, really. Um, great re- recruiting uh, tactic. Right now you've got four guys in the NBA playoffs, I believe, next year. It's safe to say probably five uh, with where Walker Kessler is projected to be drafted. So that's very high chance that he's going to go to a team that's already a contender. Yeah. Not that he's going to go super late, but a team that will be in the playoffs. So uh, this is continuing to improve. And obviously, Chumo Kiki has proved himself as, like, the guy in Orlando. Uh, I mean, he's averaging close to 20 now a night, no? Yeah. I mean, he's he's played well the last the second half of the season. His, uh, down the stretch, he's been phenomenal. Yeah. And um, this is huge for from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, um, for Auburn in terms of NBA readiness, and that's just a large part of the today's game with the one and duns being so pre- prevalent, which is not new, but yeah, it's a, it's a great recruiting tactic, and uh, having four guys in the in the, in the NBA playoffs specifically, whether you, I mean as long as you count the the play in the, the play in is a part of it's a play it's a part of the playoff believe, kind of uh, format. For I the guess. sake of the argument, I think we should count it. Yeah, um, it, it, it's tremendous, especially when when you're seeing what Isaac Okoro is doing on the defensive end and the offensive end of the of the, of the floor. Yeah, especially the second half of the season, the Auburn guys kind of caught caught fire uh, toward the end. I will say uh, Isaac Okoro did not have a great night last night. No, not at all. Um, but that happens from time to time. I mean, you, you're not going to go out and rock out every single night. It happens. Uh, he's not quite there yet, developmental wise. But also, you know, NBA readiness is definitely a factor, and I think that. This is very exciting, um, not only for bolstering Bruce Pearl's recruiting class, but for establishing a basketball culture in Auburn. Exactly. Um, it's very important to continue to develop interest post-graduation uh, or post-departure from the Plains. And I, I think people are as invested now as they've ever been. Especially with what Auburn basketball has done the past season, I think it's at an all-time high for what we expect this Auburn basketball program to be and what we expect our players to be like after they leave Auburn. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that... It's, it's important to keep in mind that the folks in Auburn are no longer just invested in Auburn hoops. They're interested in all of college basketball hoops because of how it affects Auburn. Yeah. And then they're in, invested in, in the National Basketball Association now because they want to see their alumni succeed. And uh, we've, we've got people walking around on campus now with JT Thor jerseys for the Charlotte Hornets. You see Isaac Coro t-shirts once a day. You see um, Sharif Cooper Sharif stuff, Cooper all, the stuff all the time. A lot of guys, you know, like guys and gals, we rocking Chumo Kiki, yeah. especially yep. with those sweet magic jerseys. The I, Galaxy I, I jerseys. may have one of those. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, it's 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 a big big thing, and, and very cool to see. If you would have told us when Tony Barbie was was in Auburn that this team would be pro- producing NBA talent, pretty every much every single year. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be year five, correct? Yeah, it will be year five. Year ever five. since 2018, 2019. Yep. Um, so I guess you're four, rather. Yeah. But you're four of a presumptive, you know, I guess no, Shreve Cooper was not a first-rounder, but um, should have been. Four years of consistent NBA talent. Um, this year there's going to be two NBA players, and yeah. there was two last year. It'll be two, two first-round picks this year this compared year. to two second-rounds from last year. And it's huge. Uh, you can't underestimate it. Yeah. Daniel, uh, what do you think about this as well? I love it. This is great. It's really kind of sets the – I don't know if sets the tone's the right word, but it really kind of helps transform Auburn into more of that everything school kind of mode. Precedent. Yeah. Right. Right. And just like Harrison said, 10 years ago, if someone would have said that, you would have laughed at him. It just it would not have been something at the front of your mind. It yeah, just, I, I remember uh, there was like an SEC shorts bit um, that I saw on YouTube like kind of a while back um, where it was like they, it was basically along that like, like that premise was that idea if you had gone to like an Auburn fan, like traveled back in time to see an Auburn basketball fan like 10 years ago, and it would have been like you're in the Final Four. They would have been like laughing at you and like yeah. people would have thought he was crazy and like doing all this and like taking him, put him in a straitjacket and all this because Auburn was in the Final Four because that was so wildly absurd in 2015, 20, or you, yeah, 2015, 2014. That was so absurd. Even the fact, honestly, Auburn making the Final Four at where it was in 2018, 2019 is still a major accomplishment. Huge. And you saw the impact that immediately had on recruiting that next season. What you do when you consistently churn out NBA prospects is almost as good of kind of, what's the word? 
I can't think of the word. Um, but it's, it's as good as a precedent and a good I, good thing as it is going to the Final Four because you're consistently turning out NBA prospects. That's what people are coming to college for. That's what all these high draft draft picks are coming to school for is to be able to get ready for the NBA. That's what it's all about. I actually to piggyback off that, I'm kind of want to bring Dylan into the conversation here because I, I can kind of put this on a on a football standpoint here as well, and that this this translates every through every sport really, but. Dylan, I mean, I guess my question for you is, is how important do you believe, and, and I think it's huge, it is to have players that go to the to the NBA, but not only do they go to the NBA, they keep coming back to Auburn. They keep uh, praising Auburn. They're supporting Auburn on Twitter, which is huge. Um, yeah. And 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 telling people in press conferences, you know, when I was at Auburn, this is you know this is how we did this. This is how I was prepared for the NBA. If I could pick Auburn, if I did pick a hundred hundred other times, I'd pick Auburn a hundred out of a hundred. Yeah. And we we've heard Jabari Smith say that four or five times since uh, March Madness ended and Auburn was knocked out. And don't you get a different perspective because yeah. you're so into football recruiting. So like yeah. this correlates everywhere, right? It does. I mean, it, you have a school that is constantly giving uh, NBA teams like superstar caliber players. And not only are they one and dones, they also love, they love that one year so much they come back. And it tells recruits who are looking to hopefully, you know, play a year in college and go to the NBA that, hey, I can go to Auburn have the greatest time of my life, and then go make bank in the NBA. And right. be a first-round pick. While also making bank at Auburn. Yeah, when you throw While, the NIL in the deal. Yeah, NIL, yeah. <laughs> the kids are making so much money, and they're also enjoying themselves. I mean, I, I can't think of any athletes off my head that wouldn't that didn't like their college experience, and they immediately just, like, left. But you see them not as inv- involved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but with, like, Jabari Smith, uh, he'll – we all know he'll, he'll be back to watch a few games. Look at like I, I think the prime example for me in our, in our time watching college basketball, Anthony Davis. Yeah. And and what he did at UK was it was remarkable. Yeah. But you don't ever hear him talk about UK. He's you, gone back once. And, and and that that is no shade thrown at AD. He he's one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah. But his experience at UK was clearly quite different than than that of Sharif Cooper, Isaac Okoro, Jabari and, Smith, Walker. I mean, shoot, it. let's go further back. Charles Barkley. Yeah. And and I think that it is truly remarkable that Auburn has whether or not you know I'm sh- I'm sure that they're preaching hey you know don't forget where you know where you came from but also at the same time I think that the culture Bruce Pearl's established is only going to better himself and the, and then the program yeah. in the long run because you don't you don't hear it as often as much as I mean you'll see players rocking you know like an, an Auburn wristband or Auburn sneakers on the hardwood and, and the, at the professional level which is incredibly good for recruiting and for basketball culture. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that Bruce Pearl has been so wildly wide widely recognized for is his ability to create a culture here at Auburn, not only within like the arena over there, but also just on campus in general of creating a basketball environment. And he's done that since day one. He's made that a big important thing, get the fan sports behind him, the fan support behind him. Because then that brings that helps other recruits notice like, oh, you know what? The whole the whole universe is gonna be behind us. They're gonna support us all the way. I'm going to go play for someone that's going to have our back no matter what. We are long gone from the days where Bruce Pearl has to go into classrooms and like beg, beg, people, beg yeah. students to come to games. Now it's more of a he's going to fill up that student center or the student section every game, no matter who we're playing. Doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday night, Wednesday night game. That it's going to be packed. To build on that, he no longer has to. The reason is he's successful is because he does. Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 that's what makes me believe. I'm on the firm belief that if Bruce Pearl ever decides that he's done coaching, uh, he's going to be a phenomenal athletic director. Um, Absolutely, I, I, I truly believe that. Uh, it, it's not if he if he were to stop on campus and recruitment for students, it wouldn't matter. People would go. Yeah. I mean, we're, Auburn is at that point now. The thing that makes him an elite level coach, we we've talked about our thoughts about him X's and O's, and that's different. But you put you put away recru- recruiting and culture building wise. The thing that makes him an elite is that he doesn't stop. That he's still helping out with, you know, sorority and fraternity philanthropic events uh, on campus, AU Dance mar- Marathon, um, supporting student organizations, Black Student Union, student media. I yeah. mean, giving 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 us shout outs and press conferences and saying how cool it is to see student students actually working in the field. That is why Auburn fans are so behind Bruce Pearl. They'd, they'd be behind him if he wins, regardless. His leash is a lot longer because he he, he wins. He well, not because he <laughs> went, not because he wins, but because he so endeared himself to the community. Yeah. and he's, he's a mastermind. It, it, really, he is. He's really like brought into that kind of grassroots idea of like building a community, and I love that. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that makes him so special. He's done it. He's done it everywhere he's been. 
he's done it at Tennessee, obviously, and now he's doing it here at Auburn. And it's something that it's from a from a student perspective is is where I'm coming from in this one. It's it's something special to see. I enjoy seeing that because it's it makes special to be a part of. Exactly, it makes you feel like you're you want to be there, you want to be a part of that, you want to be supporting the team because he feels like you always see him around. You always want to be there and have like that face and that smile that he shows everybody all the time. And I know people always draw the used car salesman comparison, but please miss me with that bull. Um, I, I understand the comparison. And, and then some, t- some things he says are a little used car salesman-like. But at the same time, I mean, I, I know a handful of kids that work in athletics for ba- yeah. the basketball program. At the beginning, when you're a freshman, for those of you listening to Wingle 91.1 FM, if you did not know this, Bruce Pearl's at every freshman orientation. He tells every single freshman, here's my email. If you need it, send it. You, you are welcome to shoot me an email. I know six different people I can name off the top of my head that got jobs because they emailed him and said, hey, I'm a videographer. Hey, I'm a photographer. Hey, I like watching film. Yeah. And he wants to help foster that that community and he doesn't have to anymore yeah but he, he does it because that's who he is and, and it's, it's special and that that's what what runs me up a wall about you know i'm gonna sound like a homer i am the biggest bruce pearl defender uh, like i said I'll, I'll be critical of him x's and o's y sometimes i will be and, and yeah i everyone everyone should be and, and we, we should be but at the same time miss me with the character character attacks yeah it, it is it is unpre- and, and i know we kind of went on a side tangent but it all kind of goes back to that's why he's such a good recruiter it, it really is that's what it's all about all right that's all we have for this block. We'll see you guys in two minutes. So stay tuned right here on Wheel 91.1 FM. Welcome back. Welcome back to the final block of the Hardwood Hoop right here on Wheel 91.1 FM Auburn. I'm your host, Jake Gonzalez, and today I'm joined by Daniel Locke, Harrison Tarr, and Dylan Lark. Well I done. did it right this time. I got it. I didn't even stumble over my words. Their names are a tongue twister. I don't know why. I think you just can't speak well. That's probably also part of it. Which it's a miracle that I have a, a show on the radio. You'd be surprised. You're lucky you <laughs> didn't get it wrong because I did not have a pin around me to throw. I do not need a third pin at me thrown or another a third pin thrown at me in the past 24 hours. There's no reason for that many pins to be have, to have been thrown at me. <laughs> what are you laughing at? It's just funny. It's it's hurtful. Pins hurt when you get hit with them. I didn't hit you yesterday. Yeah, you were close. It, it both missed. I intentionally missed. Sure you did. No, I did. I didn't want to hit you. I was afraid I was actually going to like stab you with the pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not fun standing up in front of class and having a hat, pen, and then just like a million paper balls beamed at my head. That's okay. You'll be all right. Builds character. <laughs> it does. It does. All right. So what we're going to do in this last block is we're going to go th- into a little bit of the Auburn transfer news, um, some potential guys that might come to Auburn, some guys that Auburn are looking at that have kind of either picked up steam recently or Auburn has kind of started picking up interest in. And then we're going to do pickums for this weekend for the NBA playoffs. So the first kind of stuff we have is Johnny Broom, uh, a transfer out of Moorhead State. He was the OVC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, he's been getting interest from, obviously, Auburn, Alabama, Gonzaga, Kentucky, LSU, Texas Tech, and Houston. Uh, he took his first official visit this past couple of weekends, um, and it was to Auburn. He's getting a lot of lot of steam for that one. That's a potential place that uh, could come in. He's a four or five um, adds a lot of height and defensive can be very fluid on that defensive side of the ball as well. And offense, obviously play, play either in that four or five role, play the, play the five when Jalen Williams is playing the four or play the four when we've got Dylan Cardwell in or Johan Traore. I think that's a really good, that could be a really good pickup for Auburn in terms of just defensive stability in that front court that Auburn is obviously going to lose with Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler being gone. And then another guy is another power forward. Uh, his name's Kenneth, Kenneth Lofton Jr. at Louisiana Tech. Uh, six foot seven, two hundred seventy-five pound dude, averaged six, sixteen and a half points and ten and a half rebounds per game last year at Louisiana Tech. So another guy that's going to be on Auburn's radar as we move into what's going to be really a hot transfer portal, as we've already seen. I'm currently I was perusing the transfer portal because I'm still trying to convince myself yeah. that Kerry Oquendo is coming to Auburn. <laughs> yeah, uh, Johnny Broom, by the way, is also the second ranked uh, recruit in the transfer portal. Yeah, um, behind Brandon Murray out of LSU. Uh, so that would also be a really good pickup for the Auburn Tigers. Be another top recruit out of the transfer portal for Bruce Pearl. I think the portal is probably going to be quiet for a couple weeks. It will um, be, but it's going to when it picks up, it's going to pick up. Some oh yeah, it's quick. just going to take one domino to fall. Yeah, for the rest to kind of fall in place. So, Cario Quindo, <laughs> going to look real nice in the orange and blue, dude. I, I, I just want to watch that guy play somewhere where there's a competent basketball scheme because he's un, unreal how good he is. <laughs> Well, he was definitely the only bright spot on that Georgia team from that past season. I mean, yeah, and and the fact that Mike White, he transferred as soon as Mike White got named head coach is 
hilarious. Um, the kid's a native of Florida, so <laughs> he clearly uh, does not want to play. Does for not Mike want White. to play for Mike White. Um, also, he wasn't that highly rated out of high school. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I've been kind of perusing, and now that we know Auburn's out on Julian Phillips, yeah, which kind of came as a surprise. To that me. was a little bit of a surprise for me as well. Uh, not huge. Uh, you, you you do get into this mindset where Auburn literally doesn't lose a target for a while, and you're like, oh, they're never losing another target. Yeah. And, and then, then they do, and you're like, like, oh, my God, the world's ending. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. No, it's not. Uh, that's, that's normally how it works. But, I mean, shoot, Auburn, not normally how it works. Look at Auburn football. They don't know what a transfer portal is right now. But um, Hey, they, they just picked up a, a recruit for 2023. Four-star. Good. Yeah. That year we go five and seven. Ashford. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God this is not a football podcast. Yeah. Um, come back tomorrow. <laughs> to your yeah, point. Come back tomorrow next uh, tomorrow at one o'clock for Tank Talks Football with Dylan Lark. There there's just a lot of interesting rumors for the transfer portal. Um Steven uh what's his last name? Out of uh South Carolina. Oh, uh Eric Stevenson. Eric Stevenson, excuse me. Um Eric Stevenson out of South Carolina still feels like he's very plausible to come, come to Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. Which is That'd be bizarre. so funny. Which is kind of funny com- considering how bad uh, Auburn is going at him. Yeah. Like Derek, all the, the fans. I just want to see if he do, if he comes to Auburn, we need to see the Derek Hall, oh. Eric Stevenson, <laughs> like makeup, like live on Instagram. Yeah, like, absolutely. I will never forget that man looking at the six foot three pure muscle Derek Hall and said, meet me outside. Yeah, that's a choice. Um, yeah. Hey, you going to die. Um <laughs> But I, 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 that's an interesting one to me. Odds that Auburn brings another guard in? I, I don't see that happening. Why? Guard. I, the guards in that kind of, even the forwards location, like from one to three, is very crowded. Yeah, yeah so, I, w- I would think another four would probably seal the deal. Yeah, another Auburn. four or five, yeah. Which is potentially Johnny Brome. Yeah. All right, let's move into the pickums for this weekend. So we're going to pick the two playing games from tonight, and we're going to pick the winners of the three, seri- three series that I think are going to be probably one of the most interesting. Um, so the first one we're going to pick is going to be the Hawks-Hornets game. That is airing on, I think it's on ESPN tonight. Yeah. Uh, starts at 7 Eastern time, 6.15 Central. So, Daniel, who do you have winning Hawks v. Hornets? I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to take the Hornets. I mean, excuse me. I misspoke. I misspoke. <laughs> I wore nice. a I wore a Hornet shirt today, the Troll Harrison. I'm not going for the Hornets time. I'm going for the Hawks. I meant to say the Hawks. I, <laughs> I was quite PO'd when I walked into the yeah. office, I'm going to be honest with you. You took a page out of my book on that one. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, facts. Um, I guess it puts me up. Uh, total homer pick. I just I, Go with the Hawks. I, I let my bias show for the NBA, and uh, I'm taking the Atlanta Hawks. I like Ice Trey a lot, though. Yeah. He's nasty. He I've never seen him play in person, yeah. so I'm really excited to go watch him play tonight. I love Charlotte, North Carolina. They're home to my NFL team. And i got to say, the Hawks are the one Atlanta team I have respect for. So I'm going to be going with the Hawks here. Wow. A one, for, Someone for once flipped a good that. pick out of, out of Daniel. <laughs> Dang it. Give me a pen. <laughs> What's your beef with Atlanta United, Dylan? Hey, do not throw that pen Charlotte at me. Charlotte FC all the way. Cringe. Do not throw that pen at me. All right. I also have the Hawks in this one. I just think the Hawks are going to be too much. I think Trey Young is – Simply one of the best players in the NBA, and I think his star will shine tonight. So John, we, sneaky pick of the MVP of the game, John Collins. John Collins, yes. I hope so. That'd be sick. Yeah. Well, Sharif Cooper puts up 40 somehow. <laughs> sick. Go on, sorry. All right. <laughs> then we'll have our, the second playing game of the night. We have the Spurs taking on the Pelicans. I'm going to start with Dylan this time. Who do you got? Mm. I'm going to go with the Pelicans here. A bit of a shocker pick. Yeah. Mm. All right. Jared, Jared Harper's better than Zion, confirmed. <laughs> he put up more points this year. Yes. I'm not entirely convinced that Greg Popovich couldn't take a team of Lego, Lego people to the NBA Finals, so <laughs> give me this purge. Tell me you're wrong. wrong. Uh, last year, I think the year before that. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that. Dan, I'll let you pick first. <laughs> I love Pop. Um, kind of like what Harrison said, it's really hard to doubt him, but I'm going to have to agree with Dylan here. I, I think I've got to go with New Orleans. Uh, obviously, Greg Popovich cannot take a team of Lego people to okay, the N- okay, NBA Finals listen. because obviously he did not do it the past couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what, the Spurs are still going to win this game, though. Yeah, the Pelicans yeah. are just absurdly bad. Jose Alvarado, though, Georgia Tech legend. Yeah. Uh, Jared Harper may be on the New Orleans Pelicans, but those Pelicans are still not very good. Yeah, no kidding. All right. So we're going to move into the series, the first-round series. I picked a few. Um First one I have is the Utah Jazz taking on the Dallas Mavericks. Obviously, Davion Mitchell, Rudy Gobert taking on Spencer Dinwiddie, and 
Luka Doncic. Is Luka playing? I thought he was hurt. He did uh, pick up a calf strain. Um, he will be out probably for the first couple of games at least. That makes my decision infinitely easier because I was t- I was stuck on this one, but I'll take Utah if Luka's going to be hurt for the first two. Yeah. That's that's kind of where I'm sitting along in those lines as well. I just thought this would be interesting whether or not. It's going to be a fun series. Yeah. That one's going to be fun. That's one of the ones that I saw and immediately kind of my eyes kind of got drawn to it because I just think that's going to be good from top to bottom. I don't think a, a Mavs team without a 100% healthy Luka can win this series, so I'm going to have to go with the Jazz. All right. I hate this because I hate the Jazz, but I got to pick up. Such a weird team. <laughs> they, hey. I have beef with them because of playoffs. <laughs> Such a random team to hate. Go on. I, play- I don't know. I how you, like, what's there to hate about the Utah Jazz? <laughs> Donovan Mitchell put up 40 on my team every night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. It's, it's Davion Mitchell. I man. hate the Trailblazers too. Don't worry. Um, yeah, and I also have the Jazz in this one. Um, I just think that with obviously Luka not being – 100%. We don't know if he's actually going to play or not. Calf strains are weird. Um, but I think that the Utah Jazz will still just be too much. I think that uh, their inside presence with Rudy Gobert is going to be too much for Dwight Powell and the Mavericks. So then we have the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors, taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. Obviously, Philadelphia 76ers having James Harden and Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, presumptive MVP of the season. Yeah. So, Daniel, who do you have? Um, I'm going to take the Sixers and Six. Okay. Retweet. Sixers and Six. Sixers and Six. I like that. Keep it going. Another Sixers and Six. I'm actually going to go with the Philadelphia 76ers, but they're going to sweep them. Okay. I just don't think the Raptors are very good this season. They may be doing well in the, the standings and be obviously be that four seed or five seed. I can't remember which one it is. Five seed. Um, but I just think the 76 are going to be too much. I think Joel Embiid and James Harden are going to be – a really good combination in playoffs. Then we have our last one of the day, the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. I know how Harrison already feels about this one, but I still think this is going to be an interesting series. Obviously, Kyrie returning back to Boston where they were going to boo the mess out of him. Dylan, tell me who you think is going to win this game. Harrison, I'll let you go last. I've This is a tough one for me too. i got to pick between either trolling Daniel or picking Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to make your mind up. Give me the Celtics. Woohoo! Yeah, I, f- I figured that would have been the easy answer for you. Yeah, I hate Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daniel, who you got? Celtics and five. Celtics and five. All right. What about you, Harrison? Celtics sweep. I actually have the Brooklyn Nets in this one. You're wild. I, I know it's wild. I know it's wild, but just listen to me for a second. The Nets have kind of come on a little bit recently the past few weeks. When did Boston cool off? I missed that part. Boston hasn't cooled off, <laughs> but it's going to be a closer series than you think it's going to be. I think the Nets, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, especially we saw how Kyrie Irving started last night, 12 for 12. The, yeah. Nets, the Nets are back. I got the Nets winning this one. It's going to be, it's going to go the full, the full length, but I think the Nets are going to win it. Okay, kid. All right. That is all we have for this week's edition of the Hardwood Hoop. I'm your host, Jake Gonzalez. We were joined by Daniel Locke, Harrison Tarr, and Dylan Lark. Obviously, you can see Dylan's show. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock. It's Thursday at 1. So that's uh, Tank Talks Football. Harrison Tar will be on Friday at, at noon. Noon. noon for the Weagle 48. For Weagle 48. All right. And he's his TNT in the morning. And then we have, I can't know, I don't know your show the then. I'm Eagles sorry. Nest tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. I'll be there. There you go. That's that's Daniel's show. All right. That's all we have for this week. Stay tuned uh, to the to Beagle. That's what I'm looking for. Those are the words I'm looking for. I'm summing over my words. But you can find the Hardwood Hoop anywhere on Spotify if you want to listen to it after the show. Catch up all the, the things that you miss, including the historical Hoopers segment. That's all we have. Stay, uh, you can see the Hardwood Hoop, same time, same place next week.